Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Something like that. And now, it's my pleasure to, to read to you the, the Genesis, the creation story of the 12 tribes of Israel. The morning scripture is Genesis 1-1, one of my favorite pieces, continuing on to chapter 2, verse 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning. The second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it, according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times, and days, and years. 
And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, anything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food 
and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Thomas doubted. Moses doubted. David doubted. Zechariah doubted. Peter doubted. So many found in Scripture have doubted at some point in their lives. Throughout history, I dare say that all have doubted at some point in their lives. Doubt is not the enemy of faith. In more times than not, doubt leads to a deeper faith. If you want uh, a little more on, on some of this, because we talked a little bit about doubt in a, in a series uh, of Ask the Pastor, and I talked about deconstruction at a time. You can actually go back to some of the archives. I gave a sermon on deconstruction back in May of 2022 uh, to kind of dive a little bit deeper into this as well. But maybe you've, maybe you've grown up thinking that you cannot question God. Or the things in your life. You feel like you must blindly follow. Never questioning. And if you did find yourself in a situation of, of questioning or of doubt, you just kept it to yourself. You thought people might judge you for asking those questions. They might challenge your faith in God. Well, let me tell you today that it is okay to ask questions. It is okay to doubt at times. This is how you continue to grow in your faith. Every year, right after Easter, we share a worship service called Ask a Pastor. Uh, and in, uh, in the, this time, it's when you can ask all those questions that you might have been afraid to ask out loud. The series on doubt might begin to bring those questions up for you. And so next week, I'm going to have slips of paper for you so that you can write some of those questions down. You're going to be able to submit them in the offering plate over the next few weeks, and therefore you can do that anonymously so that no one will know who asks certain questions. You can also email me or text me your questions. You can even join a group. If you go to the chat feature in your, in your Journey of Hope app, you can actually hit Discover, and there's a group that's Ask a Pastor. And you can submit your questions there, although that would not be anonymous. I uh, just wanted to let you know that before you did that. 
There's going to be links through the weekly update and through the website for submitting questions as well. Uh, so during this series on doubt, I encourage you to face your doubts. Face your questions. Ask them. Because this is how we grow in our faith. Truly search for God in the midst of all of those. Because I believe that you will find a deeper faith through those questions. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we come striving to hear your word. And so God, I ask that you would speak, that this message is, uh, would not be my words, but this message would be your words, your message for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Keith Paskowitz talks a lot about uh, uh, one of his favorite preachers, John Claypool. Uh, he's got an interesting faith journey as a pastor as he started out Baptist and made a shift to the Episcopalian church. Uh, he has a particularly good theology of grief, especially as he encountered a great deal of grief when he lost his daughter to acute leukemia. He shares in a series of sermons assembled in a book called Tracks of a Fellow Struggler. In his sermons, he wrestles with grief, with loss, with frustration, and with doubt. We can see doubt clearly in asking questions, although that could also be seeking understanding. But he shares this. There is more honest faith in an act of questioning than in the act of silent submission. For implicit in the very asking is the faith that some light can be given. Implicit in the very asking is the faith that some light can be given. Doubt is a natural part of life. We all doubt from time to time. Sure, it may, it may not be with our faith, but we all face times of uncertainty. This might be within our family, within our health situations, our jobs, relationships, or even the world as a whole. I mean, yes, do we have anything that is certain in the world? There are a lot of things that we don't know for sure. Can you think of times in your life when you were absolutely sure about something? I mean, 100% without a shadow of a doubt of something in your life. I bet it might be easier to think of times when you have to take a step in faith. Not sure of where the choice is going to lead. I think we can agree that in every major life decision, a little bit of faith is required. Doubt and questions play a key role in all of this decision making. I didn't know how it was going to work when I went back to school at seminary. I didn't know how that was all going to work out. I had tons of questions and doubts about how God was going to provide through this season of life. The doubts didn't stop me from going. But it certainly made me ask a number of questions along the way. And we all experience times like these in our lives. And maybe, maybe you're facing one today. You can't know with 100% certainty what the outcome will be, but yet you still move forward. You still take that step. What helps you in those situations? Does it come through questioning? Are the doubts eased by researching 
asking and eventually a deeper faith? Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7 that we should seek. Because if we seek, we will find. That we should ask. Because if we ask, the answer will be given to us. And that we should knock. Because if we knock, the door will be opened. This is especially important as we think about our faith, about what we believe. And this is what this series is all about. It's about making a choice to have faith. We might not be able to be certain about all the things on our Christian walk, but we can make a choice to believe. God has not only given us this ability to make our own decisions through this idea of human liberty or free will, you may, you may know it as, but in doing so, also allows us to use our God-given brains to discern answers in our lives. John Wesley would examine his beliefs through four common areas, four core areas, and these were part of what he would call, or actually a different theologian would call, the Wesleyan quadrilateral. Now, I've mentioned this before, but the four core areas that, that are brought up in this is Scripture, tradition, experience, and reason. Scripture is always primary. But the other three play a big part in our beliefs. John would use all four, four to form his theology, his beliefs about God. The one that we're going to focus on, however, throughout this series is reason. God gave us a brain. So we should use it to ask questions, to search for a deeper understanding to our faith. So that's what we will do. Theology is faith-seeking understanding. The first idea that we focus on is the existence of God. Is there really a God? And does it make a difference in your life? Does God exist? Can you prove it? If someone were to ask you today about God, could you point to something that would give them with absolute certainty that there is a God and that God loves them? Many times we want to prove something. Uh, It must be physical evidence. Something that we can point to in order to show that it is true. I mean, if we wanted to prove that, that the Cubs actually won the 2016 World Series, we would go to video evidence. Maybe articles and news stories that were written. We could even go to eyewitness accounts of those who attended that incredible Game 7 against Cleveland. We could prove that it happened. But what about the existence of God? I guess, I guess we really could point to the world around us. The world around us, the beauty and the peace of a new snowfall, the awe-inspiring sunrise just cresting ocean waves, for those of you who are closer to the ocean than we are. A couple of pictures that I received already this morning, I'll share them probably a little bit later, Uh, but maybe you saw those as you came to worship this morning or as you're at home, you looked out your windows and you you saw, I'm trying to remember what the term was that you used for that, Carrie, dog? Sun dogs. Uh, it's almost like this, this halo that comes out in the extreme cold. You know, while there is this extreme cold, this bitter cold that you don't want to go out to, there's this beautiful image in the sky. 
all of creation reflects God. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. All of creation is evidence of God and creation proclaims that existence of God. But there might be others who disagree with us. It seems from the beginning of time, science has been at odds with religion. Many will say that we all experience, that we all experience in this world, all of it has become out of natural order, without the need of a creator. However, in some of the research and the reading I've done, even the scientist who formulated the Big Bang Theory believed in God. One of the most recent polls reported that a large percentage of scientists today express some faith in God. Science, like doubt, is not an enemy of our faith. Science is not an enemy of our faith. We should be able to see how they work together. Doug Cramp shared with us the creation story from Genesis. And we can certainly see a pattern of creation that is shared in those passages. In Genesis, we actually find two creation accounts, while the second focuses a little more on a story and on the relationships in creation. The one that we heard today speaks in prose. It is written in Hebrew poetry. Please note, this is not a science textbook. It does not describe all the details of how the world and all of creation was created. It tells us that God spoke and it all happened. Now, I've mentioned this before, but science and all the research and experimentation have a purpose of telling us how things came into being. Tells us how they came into being. Tests are completed to study the origins of species and and planets. But while science can tell us how things came into being, our faith tells us why. Science can tell us how, but our faith tells us why. When I look around at all of creation, noticing the natural order, the beauty, the complexities of the world around us, I can't help but point to a divine creator, one who brought all of this into being. Science does not take away from my faith. It gives me a deeper understanding of who God is and his great love for me. However, is the beauty of the world around us the only way that we can point to the existence of God? I think there might be another powerful way of witnessing to the existence of God. You see, there have been many times in my life when I have experienced the presence of God. We at Journey of Hope call these 531 moments. But they've also been described as conflux moments. And some of those moments in my life have been through the birth of my two daughters. The presence of God in the hospital during the uncertainty of that situation, in the waiting room, during the surgery, and in the many, many days in the NICU gave me comfort to face the unknown with a sense of peace. There is no other way. No other way to describe it than the presence of God's Spirit with Sherry and I during those difficult times. 
the assurance of God's spirit with me in those times made other circumstances easier to handle. Health health scares with Sherry, the other family members, losing my job, financial stress, and stepping into the world of ordained ministry might have been too much to handle except for the existence of God in my life. I wonder if you too have experienced some of those life situations and circumstances in which you felt the presence of God in your life. Maybe it was a, it was a prayer that was answered which you would otherwise have absolutely no explanation. Maybe it was a supernatural situation with divine answers. But this experience has given you an assurance for other times. These are the moments that we can offer a witness to the world around us that God does exist. When those around you hear about your witness, they too will understand God's presence is also with them. That God loves them. Does this offer 100% undeniable proof that God exists? Maybe to us it does. But again, others might not feel the same way. They, like Thomas, want to touch Jesus. They want to touch God. They want to feel God. They want to hear God. But we know that for almost all of us, this is not the case. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. It does not mean that God doesn't exist. God does exist. But as we struggle with doubt, as we search through questions, we are reminded that God does does not always give with absolute certainty when it comes to our faith. But maybe... More of a mystery. And let me remind you that doubts are a normal part of life. And therefore it is also a normal part of our faith journey. We need to wrestle with our doubts so that we can find a deeper faith. Ask those questions. Reach out in prayer and have an open and honest conversation with your Creator. Reach out to me or to Jason asking those questions which will help you understand on a deeper level who God is. Wrestle with doubt. Find a deeper faith. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God. God, we do struggle at times. We do doubt. We have questions that we want answers to and sometimes, God, it doesn't seem like the answers come. And So God, I ask that you would, that you would make your presence known to us along this journey. God, that you would provide the answers, that you would provide your presence with us, that you would guide us along this journey of doubt and finding a deeper faith. Lord, we believe Help our unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. Just like I, as I walked up here, I, I had this image in my head of, a, of another wonderful Christmas movie when it said, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Yes, Journey of Hope, there is a God. A God who loves you. 
a God who cares for you, a God who wants to travel this journey with you, if you'd let him. But as we go from this place, back out into the cold, may you go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.